0: What's the latest in cloud computing? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group, and I'm talking today with Jim Rebus, Executive Director and Co-Founder of the Cloud Security Alliance. Jim, thanks so much for taking time to talk with me.
1: My pleasure, Tom.
0: Jim, right off the bat here, tell us a little bit about yourself and the Alliance, please. What's the group's mission?
1: Well, I'm a person who's uh, been around in the information security industry for about 20 years and have done a fair amount of work with professional associations and nonprofits. as part of my work of helping the the industry itself uh, prosper. And the the Cloud Security Alliance is something that, uh, with a few other of my colleagues in the industry that we formed about 18 months ago, to address the the burgeoning adoption of cloud computing and to uh, try to promote secure and responsible adoption of cloud and, in essence, sort of build a new ecosystem to help provide the assurance that's needed to make sure that uh, not only do people do a good job of securing cloud computing, but they can show auditors, they can provide attestation, and then we can look at what are some new interesting solutions we can do um, inside of the cloud itself.
0: Well, Jim, I know we both have been to a number of events this year. I've been to RSA, and I've been to Gartner, and clearly everybody is talking about cloud now, but what are they actually doing about it?
1: Well, there's a lot of different uh, types of adoption and levels of adoption right now. We're still sort of in uh, somewhere between the early adopter and the fast follower phase, and it, it does depend on what type of uh, cloud you're doing, but uh, I, could, I could characterize it in a few different ways. We're, we're certainly seeing a lot of very robust production, mission-critical-oriented uh, private clouds within large enterprises. When it comes to public clouds, we're seeing uh, a lot of adoption from the small and medium enterprise that for, for key systems. When you get to the large enterprises, you still see uh, a fair amount of cautious adoption, sort of picking and choosing based on their risk appetite, what type of uh, solution makes the most sense inside of a, a public cloud. And this also varies geographically. We see a lot more private cloud adoption in North America versus uh, other parts of the world where it still seems to be more public cloud. So a lot of different activities happening out there. We're still sort of waiting for, I think, that compliance tipping point where everybody feels this is an okay thing from a regulatory perspective. And then I think you're going to see the floodgates really open.
0: Well, Jim, you've been at this for a while now. What would you say is most misunderstood about cloud computing?
1: Well, a couple things. I think that from, from one side of it, there is a tendency to gloss over the differences and to say, well, this is just marketing hype, and really what we're talking about is outsourcing. And it's true that we have... Uh, a lot of elements of outsourcing in what cloud computing is, but really some of the key differences are that you could have a term of service that lasts in a very transiently minutes or even seconds where you have a business relationship with a cloud provider. You also have this sort of anonymity of who that cloud provider might be if you're dealing with a SaaS provider, for example, software as a service and they're using other components and you won't actually know who those organizations are and and the third thing is you may have this real anonymity of the geog- geography of where your information's stored where with traditional outsourcing you have the the knowledge of in fact we can pick a specific co-location facility. And a lot of that may not be available in cloud. So I'd say that that's really uh, one, one of the biggest things that we see out there is just that, that misunderstanding. And then secondly, I would just say there's a, just a, a, a misunderstanding of the different types of uh, clouds themselves, public clouds, private clouds, things like that.
0: You talked a few minutes ago about leaders and fast followers. Which industries would you say are pioneering cloud computing now, and how are they doing that?
1: Well, I would probably answer this question sort of in, there's, there's different ways. You can slice this from a vertical and a horizontal perspective, as well as uh, um, you know, different organizations and, and even geographies, but I'll give you a few on where I see some, some leadership. So one example is scientific, engineering, pharmaceutical, compute-oriented, compute-intensive applications. You're seeing some organizations that are being early adopters of cloud computing, where you need to very quickly, on demand, string together a lot of compute resources, where we used to wait for time on a supercomputer and you're seeing that sort of thing happen very rapidly and being able to to very quickly solve a, a, a business problem, or reach reach some sort of conclusion, being able to move on from there. And that works out really well in public clouds because they're very elastic and it's very easy. You give them your credit card and you can get 30 more computers, 60 more computers, whatever you need. And the the nature of those applications are very compute-oriented. They have an ability to segregate sensitive data or personal information, and they're able to keep that separate. And so they don't have the same regulatory concerns. So that's where we're seeing by nature some, some early adopters out there. Um, other areas are the, the software industry itself. If you look at this from a, a horizontal perspective, you're seeing entrepreneurs who are maybe someone who worked for a very large software company of traditional shrink wrap software in the past, who are taking what they've learned and building a business vertical application on top of a public cloud. And they may be a two or three or four person shop, but they have immediate access to the world's largest data center by going out into a public cloud. And they're able to very quickly build credible business applications. Now, when you talk about uh, private clouds, then you do see a lot of sort of the traditional early adopters. You do see more of the financial services industry. You see more government adoption of private clouds, although I, I will say that we're, we're actually seeing some adoption of public clouds by some governments actually outside of uh, North America. we have seen some more aggressive adoption there. So that's sort of how I would characterize the, the early adopters and what they're doing.
0: Now, the flip side of that, Jim, I don't want to call anybody a laggard, but are you surprised at any types of organizations that maybe are a little bit behind the fast followers?
1: Well, again, if you look at it from different types of, of cloud adoption, there's there's probably some pretty good reasons why you are seeing some, some laggards, but... Some, in some areas of the financial services industry, for example, while well, you're, you're seeing maybe some wealth management and particularly small wealth management organizations are being fairly aggressive in cloud adoption, when you talk about public clouds, you're just not seeing a lot of financial services adopting that right now. It's, it's not that they have specific security concerns, and in fact I think you can make the case that over time it is going to be more secure but there's probably a bigger issue of just the compliance that needs to be surrounding that. So if you you think, for example, of how breaches happen, they happen everywhere. People lose laptops. People get hacked into their own enterprises. And if you have your sign-up from the auditor, that's okay. I mean, it's not great, but your organization will survive. You will survive. There will be lessons learned. All of the big credit card hacks we've seen, they've been all PCI compliant. However, if you move out into a public cloud and you haven't been able to get all the auditors surrounding some of these things and there's a data breach, then that becomes more of a personal consequence for the people who signed off on that or made that decision. And so there, there's some fear there where people are waiting for for the, the knowledge from a assurance and a compliance side to catch up. So so yeah, I would have thought in in one respect that you would see more leadership there, but I think there's an understandable rationale on why that's not happening.
0: Well, I wonder if the same might be true of healthcare. That's one industry we haven't spoken about.
1: Yeah, I think that healthcare is is probably one. There's 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 a couple different sides to it, but healthcare, when you think about the personally identifiable information that they have, that there's even probably greater consequences for the organization to have uh, breaches in cloud computing. But you are seeing on the other side of it, you're seeing very large cloud providers actually looking at implementing electronic health systems out in the cloud and, and being disruptive to that market. And Developing direct relationships with uh, health healthcare consumers, which I think is, is is very interesting, and that's sort of an example of what cloud computing's doing. So so the the larger healthcare organizations probably fit into more of the let's do some private clouds and gain the efficiencies here. Let's do some level of community clouds with their provider networks, maybe, which is still. It's somewhat of a closed system, but it's more open than a a private cloud. But then you're seeing the real interesting disruptive public cloud things happening from, from non-healthcare companies trying to uh, get into that business.
0: I'd like to ask you about one of the Alliance's initiatives, which is user certification. What can you tell me about the initiative, and what's the business case for user certification in cloud computing now?
1: Well... Our certification, the CCSK, which stands for Certificate of Cloud Security Knowledge, is based on the guidance that we created in December of 2009 that we released, which is our body of knowledge that's that's very broad in terms of actually articulating what a lot of the cloud security issues are and what are a lot of the best practices to implement. So we've felt that this was going to be an eventuality, that we were going to need certification, because this is very disruptive, and there's a lot of aspects of cloud computing, whether it's new technology or new business model, that are very different. And so we need to make sure that people are trained. I think it's a responsible due diligence if you are an organization putting assets out into the cloud that you want to know that the providers actually have personnel that are actually trained on security best practices. And the problem with existing certifications that are out there is they just don't address some of the nuances of cloud computing. So we felt that was very important. We felt as we went through the process of creating it, we found that there's really a role for consumers of cloud computing also to have this certification because you don't get rid of all of your legal responsibilities by putting information in the cloud. And so you need to have that that governance knowledge. And so we feel it's very important for the whole ecosystem of providers, consumers, IT auditors, that we take our body of knowledge, which is widely adopted, and let's create a baseline certification, which really shows that people have, have accomplished some knowledge. And certifications are not a guarantee of perfection. I've talked about that already. PCI compliance is not a guarantee. It just raises the level of assurance. It raises the bar and you have to look at this in combination with a, a lot of other things. So the business case for us is is for for us we're a nonprofit. So it's really more about how we help the industry. But the business case for an organization is that for a certification that's two hundred and ninety five dollars that that is something that is not very expensive it's actually below what a lot of other certifications are that are specific to a technology or a specific discipline and if if you're putting important information out in the cloud that's that's not a lot to know that at least someone has been tracking and, and showing some demonstrated types of uh, knowledge in in the very important things leading to securing the cloud. Where, where this will go certainly would, would lead to indemnification, insurance, all these sorts of things that they always rely on. People are, are using the best available practices and availing themselves of all the tools that are out there. And so I think over time you will see that organizations that have people on the provider or the consumer side that have the certifications that's going to be something that's going to be defensible if they either need what or they're trying to acquire new customers or they're trying to defend when something even may have gone bad in some way that they availed themselves of everything that they could at that point in time in the industry. so we, we feel it's important people are if people are going to move out in the cloud, it's very important that we can attest that. Some people have some knowledge about what that means from a security perspective.
0: One last question for you, Jim. We're in the second half of the year now. What are some of the cloud computing trends we should be keeping an eye on between now and the start of 2011?
1: Well, it's it's not a huge amount of time, but what I think is very interesting for us to be looking at are there have been some things in the news that have to do with uh, good things and bad things happening with an enterprise and a cloud provider relationship in terms of the will the cloud provider give that enterprise an enterprise-grade service-level agreement? And we've we've seen some things where they haven't been able to negotiate that. And I think it's a real important sort of uh, a milestone when you start seeing public cloud providers be able to prove and show that they can provide enterprise enterprise-class availability and services, and they're actually going to be writing that into the contracts that they provide to these companies. So I think you're going to see some interesting stuff in that, and I think that, frankly, is going to be a lot more critical than any sort of technology innovation we could have in this short time.
0: Jim, I appreciate your time and your insight today. Thanks so much for joining me. All right.
1: Thank you very much, Tom.
0: We've been talking about cloud computing. We've been talking with Jim Revis of the Cloud Security Alliance. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.